Hi, and blessed Yule. Welcome back to A Pagan Heart in Maine. I'm your host, Grey Wolf. On today's show, I'll share a few childhood memories of winter past, and talk a little about some of the issues that come up at Yule and Christmas. And as always, we'll listen to some wonderful music. To start us out, here is Spiral Dance with Holly Lord. Into the darkness of winter we go As the wheel of the season spins And on this night so ween When our fires are burning bright We'll call the Holy Lord To begin our pagan rite We'll come with sprigs of elder And we'll come with leaves of you As we step out of the old and dance into the new On the hills that light the bonfires To burn upon the sacred ground Shadows dance across the flames To the witch bell sound Spirits call with haunted voices From the other side And it's into the darkness and out of the light as the earth turns with the tide And on this night so ween When our fires are burning bright We'll call the Holy Lord To begin our pagan rite We'll come with sprigs of elder And we'll come with leaves of you As we step out of the old And dance into the new
night will mark the end and beginning of our year. We'll call out to the ones of old to make the future clear. Beneath the moon of the elder tree and by the embers glowing red, they'll pass into the summer land until the winter's fled. And all the nights are we. Burning bright, we'll call the Holy Lord to begin our pagan rite. We'll come with sprigs of elder, and we'll come with the leaves of you as we step out of the old and dance into the new. We had our first real snowstorm of the season the other day, and it brought back some memories of my childhood and snow sledding. And while my brain tells me these were fun times and remembers the walking up the steep hills in a winter wonderland and the thrill of starting down the hill, things get a bit fuzzy after that. Bits and pieces of blocked memory involving trees, bricker bushes, and snow. Lots of snow. The sleds themselves, for me, was an evolution. It started with a cardboard box, broken flat, and the top edge pulled back like a toboggan. The only flaw was that you could feel every pebble on your backside all the way down the hill, or at least until you hit the small rise about three-quarters of the way down. Then you didn't feel anything. The bump didn't look like much when you walked up the hill, but when you hit it at 70 miles per hour on your butt, you knew it was there. The trick was that, as you were airborne, you had to stay attached to your sled. Now this is not possible when your sled is a piece of battered cardboard. It's very peaceful when you're soaring through the air. Very quiet. Bad things happen in that silence. In movies when things are quiet, that's usually right before the lunatic with an axe 
jumps out from the cellar stairs. Or the mama bear protecting her cub comes out from behind a tree and swipes you. Bad things happen when it's quiet. The evolution of my sled involved a device known as a snow saucer. This was a round, dome-shaped sled with two handles on it to hold on to, thus solving the problem of sticking to the sled when you hit a bump. The big flaw with the saucer design was the fact that, being a rather chubby little kid, the saucer basically turned me into a ball with one smooth side. And as you went down the hill, the ball would start to spin. And you would hear this whooshing sound as you went down the hill, the air going past your ears and the snow crushing beneath you, until you hit the bump, then silence. Now when things get quiet, sometimes the best position to be in is curled up into a ball, unless you're sailing over your friend's head like a cannonball heading for the pricker bushes, then it's okay to scream too. And you can imagine my friends as they see this frisbee-shaped UFO, hear the scream as it goes by. My next sled was this deformed plastic pool sled. This had a nice flat surface, but was shaped like a person so you didn't have the directional spinning problem of the saucer. You started at the top of the hill and laid down on it like it was a shallow coffin. Now don't get ahead of me. Again, the roar of the air rushing by you was nothing compared to the utter silence when you hit that bump. Quiet is bad. And as I already indicated earlier, my personal aerodynamic properties are that of a big bumblebee without wings. Yet the shape of the sled made it possible to glide an incredible distance, slowly angling down until you were driven into the snowbank like a lawn dart. The flaw in this design being that it acts like a shovel and fills your pants and coat with 150 pounds of snow. Evolution came full circle to one of the oldest and best sleds ever made, the flexible flyer with the steel runners. The trick was to melt and rub canning wax onto the runners until you could see your reflection in the steel. When you laid the sled on packed ice, it would start to move under its own weight absolutely incredible machine and steerable so I went down that hill listening to the rush of the wind in my ears steered around the bump and marveled at the sound not of me screaming like a woman but of the continued rush of air in my ears and the snow underneath me and it was an absolute joy as I ran into the trees and bushes at the bottom of the hill yep lots of memories I guess my point is this And whatever you do physically, emotionally, spiritually, listen to the wind in your ears. Enjoy the ride. Evolve to steer away from the bumps if you can. But if things in your life suddenly get quiet, that's when you really want to be alert and hold on tight. Bad things happen when it gets too quiet. Shadows darken the sun 
That was Laura Powers with Sweetest Song. I did a segment in episode two that I called Keeping It Real. 
and that kind of ties into the topic of today. This season always brings out the best and the worst in people. In particular, there is tension about the holidays themselves. In Olean, New York, a pentacle placed next to a nativity was vandalized. In Green Bay, Wisconsin this past week, a Wiccan wreath placed next to a nativity scene was vandalized. A local department store advertised in their sales flyer, family trees for sale. And then groups started boycotting the store because they didn't say Christmas trees. We pagans are quick to point out that the whole tree idea was ours to begin with and that Christians stole our holidays. So let's start here. What is Yule? What is Christmas? What are some of the ways we celebrate and why? Science tells us this is the winter solstice. Here in the northern hemisphere, the date falls around December 22nd. It occurs when the sun's position in the sky is at its greatest angular distance from the equatorial plane, giving us the shortest day or the longest night of the solar year. It's an astrological event that happens every year. So why do we hold spiritual significance to this day? Well, traditions and customs of honoring and welcoming the sun can be found throughout all of history, being celebrated by people on every continent. When it was noticed that every year the days would get shorter and shorter, our ancestors feared the sun would go away. The sun gives warmth and life, and without the sun everything dies. And then at the winter solstice the days would start getting longer again. The sun was coming back. And with that rebirth, the spring would return and life would return to the land. It became a time of readying and a time to reflect. Traditional Yule as we know it originated in the Norse lands. The ancient peoples of what's now Denmark, Scandinavia, Finland, and Norway had good reason to celebrate. While most cultures celebrated the turn of the season in one way or another, to the icebound dwellers at the top of the world, the return of the sun meant life itself. No more would their lives descend into frozen darkness. The worst was over, though the winter had hardly begun. In many Celtic-based traditions of paganism, there's the enduring legend of the battle between the Oak King and the Holly King. The two mighty rulers fight for supremacy as the wheel of the year turns each season. At the winter solstice, or Yule, the Oak King kills the Holly King and then reigns until midsummer. Once the summer solstice arrives, the Holly King returns to do battle with the Old King and defeats him. The Holly King then rules until Yule. In some Wiccan traditions, the Oak King and the Holly King are seen as dual aspects of God. Each of these twin aspects rules for half the year, battles for the favor of the goddess, and then retires to nurse his wounds for the next six months, until it's time for him to reign once more. Often these two entities are portrayed in familiar ways. The Holly King frequently appears as a woodsy version of Santa Claus. He dresses in red, wears a sprig of holly in his tangled hair, and is sometimes depicted driving a team of eight stags. The Oak King is portrayed as a fertility god and occasionally appears as the green man or other lord of the forest. Ultimately, while these two beings do battle all year long, they are two essential parts of a whole. Despite being enemies, without one, the other would no longer exist. 
Now the Celts, to celebrate the longest night in the return of the sun, lit huge fires. Burning a Yule log comes from this custom. The ceremony starts by lighting the new log with the remains of last year's fire, thus confirming the unbroken cycle of the seasons. And if the log burnt for 12 hours, it was said to be a good omen for the coming year. Trees were brought indoors and were thought to be a winter home for the fairies. Now, getting back to the keeping it real part. The holy festivals of this time, like the Roman Saturnalia, celebrated the birth of the gods and the birth of the sun god, of the birth of the Persian savior Mithra, and of the god Attis, Osiris, and Dionysus, to name a few. While the Roman emperor Illyrian, in the 2nd century, blended Saturnalia with a number of birth celebrations of savior gods from other religions into a single holy day, December 25th. By the 3rd century, the main surviving Christian movement were spiritual descendants of the 1st century Pauline Christians. Jesus' birth had been argued by inference of biblical texts to have been anywhere from March to August. After much argument, the developing Christian church adopted the pagan emperor Illyrian's date as the birthday of their savior. Since the people of the Roman Empire were accustomed to celebrating the birth of various gods on that day, it was easy for the church to incorporate Jesus' birth. And that brings us to today. Christians will argue that Jesus is the reason for the season. Pagans will accuse Christians of stealing their holidays and laugh when they see them putting up pagan Christmas trees. Here's my point of view. Christ is the reason for the season, if you're a Christian. The return of the sun is the reason for the season, if you're a pagan. Whatever your faith is and how you celebrate is the way you celebrate. Yet you don't have to force everyone else to believe what you believe. And you don't have to get offended if someone calls a season Yule, Christmas, Festivus, whatever. I don't get offended if someone wishes me a Merry Christmas. I don't care if the tag on my tree says it's a Christmas tree, holiday tree, or family tree. It's a name someone has put on it. And regardless of people driving by our house and saying what a nice Christmas tree in the window, in our house, we know what it is and what it represents to us. Call it what you will. The people who vandalized the Wiccan and pagan displays were ignorant. My personal feeling is if you can put up a nativity, then you can put up other objects as faith as well. I'm not even going to discuss the issue of whether there should be religious displays on public property or not. My feeling is if you do it for one, you should do it for all, or not at all. But having a nativity next to a pagan wreath does not upset me, and it shouldn't upset others either. If anything, it should be a sign that even though we celebrate for different reasons, we are all community. We are all family. There should be symbols of all faith up there, not just a nativity. Now, for 1,700 years, Christians have celebrated the birth of their Savior, the giver of life, on this pagan season of celebration. And for the life of me, I can't think of a better time for it as we celebrate the reborn Son, the giver of life. Just keeping it real. This weekend, we're going to visit relatives and celebrate our family Christmas. And we will laugh, hand out presents, and sing happy birthday to Jesus. In the evening when we get home, we'll stand by the roaring fire pit with the snow behind us. And not just us, 
we have Christian family that will be standing with us as well. And during our ritual, I'll light the Yule log from last year's log to the beat of a drum. We're going to laugh, hand out presents, and on this darkest night, welcome the return of the sun. Oh 
tell the future tale And in the scrying pool I spied The mighty ship upon the tide Calling for their powerful god For wind to fill their sail Sail away, fly away Draw down the mist Shout all the people That nature has kissed Sail away, fly away Hide from the pain Wait till it's safe And come back again Sail away, fly away Draw down the mist Shout all the people That nature has kissed Sail away, fly away Hide from the pain Wait till it's safe And come back again Wait till it's safe And come back again Silver moon. 
dance with us song which is a rune father of the summer dew hunter of the winter snows with open arms we welcome you dance with us as That was The Hills of Avalon from Spiral Dance and Witch's Rune from S.J. Tucker. You can find Spiral Dance at www.spiraldance.com.au S.J. Tucker's music can be found at www.skinnywhitechick.com Also today we heard music from Laura Powers and her album Beyond the Pale and her music is at www laurapowers.com You can find these links and others at my website paganheartandmain.com Well this is the end of my second month and I hope all of you are having as much fun listening as I'm having doing a Pagan Heart in Maine. I've met some wonderful people and musicians in person and online and I'm looking forward to meeting more of you out there in this next year. Also I want to thank a few of my fellow podcasters out here in Patio Land. To Mojo and Sparrow over at the Wiggling Way, thank you for the shout-out and the welcome. And to my listeners, if you don't have their podcast yet, you have to check them out. These cats rock. To Ron over at Mid-Michigan Pagan Podcast, thank you for the welcome. And to Serenity at Witch in the City Podcast, who found me over on MySpace, you all have to check her out. She's a witch with attitude, and here's her promo. This is definitely not your mother witchcraft. <laughs> I don't know. Um, the best spell I ever did for employment was the get an application and fill it out and turn it back in spell. That one worked really well for me. If a guy couldn't fall in love with me without a love spell, is he really the guy? I don't know. Um, I love being pagan, but sometimes... I'm a witch and I'm proud. That's me, the witch in the city. Join Serenity 
for Witch in the City, where we discuss all things pagan. It's talk for the modern pagan. Well, I'm going to call this the end of episode four. And in keeping with the topic of the program, I'm going to sign off with Dar Williams and her song, The Christians and the Pagans. For my Christian friends who are celebrating the birth of the Son of God, Merry Christmas. To my pagan friends who are celebrating the rebirth of the Son God, a joyful Yule. And to everyone, a blessed solstice. And until next time, I'm Grey Wolf. Bright blessings. Know the friends we have, the world we share And you find magic from your God And we find magic everywhere So the Christians and the pagans sat together at the table Finding faith and common ground The best that they were able Where does magic come from? I think magic's in the learning Cause now when Christians sit with pagans Only pumpkin pies are burning Tried to do the dishes Her aunt said, really, no, don't bother Amber's uncle saw how Amber Looked like him and like her father He thought about his brother How they hadn't spoken in a year He thought he'd call him up And say, it's Christmas and your daughter's here He thought a father's sons and brothers Saw his own son tug his sleeve Saying, can I be a pagan? Dad said, we'll discuss it when they leave so the Christians and the pagans sat together at the table Finding faith and common ground, the best that they were able Lighting trees in darkness, learning new ways from the old And making sense of history and drawing warmth out of the cold